0: theme song. Hello freaks, (laughs) crazy people, internet people, people with extra time on your hands who can listen to a podcast. Hello, hello, hello to all wonderful beautiful people. Hello ugly people also. You are welcome to this podcast because we don't have to look at each other. Uh, My name is Josh Trelevin and this is my podcast which I call Spaceboat One. I don't know why it's just a silly name. It's has nothing to do with space or space or boats. I, I mean I, I do like science fiction and stuff, but I don't talk a lot about it on this podcast, so it's just called Space Boat One because it's kind of kind of whimsical. It is a whimsical podcast. And you are welcome to listen as long as you feel like you feel like you have to listen. Uh, we're gonna go for about an hour, but you should already know that because the little file thingy tells you before you click on it. I think it does anyways. In most programs it should uh the SoundCloud uh app and the SoundCloud site wherever you're listening this to this. Uh welcome to the <laughs> the worst part of your day made slightly less bad because you're also listening to a podcast. I like to imagine that people listen to podcasts while they're doing nasty uh jobs and um, you know, at work or having sitting in traffic sitting in the Colwood crawl in Victoria, British Columbia. Beautiful Victoria. Um maybe You are... I don't know what else you could be doing. You might be relaxing and playing another... a game of some kind. You might be eating. You might be watching another show. um, Like, the visual... the video part of another show, I guess. I don't know why you would do that, but... um, The point... the thing is, what I'm hoping I bring is a little bit of... of relief if you're doing something otherwise unpleasant. The other day I was... um, I was doing some scraping old uh, wallpaper away because we're um uh, my parents are doing a new uh they're doing new wallpaper in the bathroom and i was it was a very monotonous task and i'm sure there's going to be more monotonous tasks before we get the project completed um but yeah i was scraping away the old wallpaper and fortunately i had some podcasts to listen to i was listening to Penn Sunday School that's Penn Gillette Sunday School just to, to throw some other podcasts that you might want to look up out there. So there's Penn Sunday School which comes out obviously every Sunday. Um only Penn is an atheist, right? So he it's not like Sunday School, it's like the it's like anti Sunday School I guess cuz yeah, it's like atheist Sunday School. So it's, that's a funny one, it's a good show. Uh Penn Sunday School and Weird the Weird Things podcast is another one I really like. So check those out if you get a chance speaking of why not since we're talking about other podcasts i just wanted to throw out there um oh I, i'm gonna talk about this later anyways but um i just uh friend of everybody in victoria uh dave morris uh, um improviser and uh teacher improv teacher in victoria uh he is uh along with Stephen ray or i think that's his name I haven't met him personally, but um, the two of them are doing a podcast called The Style Guide, and it is very good. I really like it. So there's another one for you to throw in your uh, list of recommendations. I know every week I pile on these podcasts for you to list, like, like I feel like a, a teacher just assigning all kinds of books as homework, but hopefully, the idea with podcasts is it is so easy. They're Okay, they're free, so you don't have to buy, you know, books or whatever and they're intended to be entertaining so that's what we're going to get into right this week how are you um no i asked how are you well i i don't know how you are um, if you want to like respond to this um i guess you can you can comment like um i'm i've been very happy with uh, <laughs> happy with Yeah, mostly happy with Uh, (laughs) Sam Lee. Once again, another shout out to him, Uh, Sam Lee, for commenting and like giving me feedback and stuff on the on the podcast. Just letting me know that someone is listening, so that's really cool. He's been commenting on Facebook on the I posted in the Victoria comedy stand up comedy Facebook group, which seems to be seems to be working. People seem to be okay with me posting it there, so I am and uh and yet yeah, we have little discussions uh, so far, just a couple of comments from Sam, but oh, and speaking of sam though uh he i'm gonna have him on like he i did I, I think last episode I mentioned I wanted to have him on the podcast i so that's gonna happen, so uh, you know look forward to that, all of you people out there i'm gonna have so that's one of one of my guests that I have lined up um and well, I guess since we're talking about guests, I wanted to do this at the end of the podcast but i I guess I'm so excited. I just want to tell you now, um, I also got uh Dave Morris to agree to also be a guest so So we have a couple of guests starting up, and those guys are are like kind of two quite different personalities, so that's gonna be interesting to me like this is all gonna be really really fun in the next couple of months for me because I'm gonna meet well i already i have already met them and know them and like them and yeah have a relationship with them um but it's going to be interesting to have a, a podcast discussion with people that are kind of different in different ways so i'm really looking forward to that um but those the those are my first two um first two guests coming up and i i'm going to be i'm going to be searching, searching for more guests also in the future so yeah look forward to it Um, hmm, what else should I talk about? Um, yeah, so Dave Morris is coming on. We're recording it, um, this weekend, I think, uh, probably Friday, but, so it'll probably be, next week's episode will probably be a guest episode, like, like me with interviewing a guest, which will be Dave next week. Um, and yeah, and then later on down the line will be other guests, including, uh, Sam and other people um it is wednesday i'm recording this on wednesday i usually record on tuesday uh but recording this on wednesday should go up by by midnight tonight like it'll be uploaded so if if it all goes like you know boom 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 um you could be listening to this on wednesday pacific time uh but it's more likely it's probably you'll see this on thursday Uh, but that doesn't matter either way (laughs) doesn't matter I don't know, I'm curious about that, like, uh, I'm curious if anybody actually looks forward to this, maybe, I don't know, maybe you do, I hope you do, I hope you're looking forward to it. Uh, once again, apologies for not being more funny, this is a, supposed to be a comedy podcast, no. Um but I'm, <laughs> uh, I have, I'm layering on the apologies, because it's like, oh, sorry for not being funny, sorry for apo- for drawing attention to it, and then sorry for that, so... I I I do that for some reason like I I just pile on. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's addressed. Um but I, I think I'm I think I actually am getting better at this. I don't know. I, th- I think I am getting uh more entertaining. Um I have I have the other podcast I'm working on. Oh, speaking of piling on podcasts, you can also find me at uh, <laughs> The Simulationist at thesimulationist.com dot com, or uh, type me into iTunes on the Simulationist, or type my name Josh Chaleman, into uh, iTunes. I think you can find me that way. Uh, you should be able to, um, and so on and so things like that. Uh, the Simulationist is a podcast that I do with my very good friend Ryan Kirkby. Every single sun, we record every single Sunday. It uploads on every single Monday, give or take. You know, I'm not. We don't get paid for it, so I don't like necessarily upload it right away but try and get it up by the next morning usually the same i edit it the same night so that it's done and that's also a thing that you know it i'm i'm not a very good person at um what do you call it (laughs) uh time management and like you know getting things done i'm very big procrastinator uh so i find that with at least with that podcast and with and with this one too uh, although this one i i have less um i guess less incentive because I'm not actually working with a partner on this one necessarily Um, but if I do it right away that actually helps if if I put it off for like a day or so there starts to be this tendency to like never get to it so I like to get it done right away anyways I don't know if you're interested in that is that I don't know if that helps as a little tip most (laughs) most of my the people listening to this are probably better at time management than I am because I'm like one of the worst So, I don't know if it's me giving advice about it, but who knows, there could be someone somewhere who's listening, and that could be useful, somewhat like a a thing to try, like maybe, you know, if you're putting something off, do it as soon as possible, because the longer you put it off, it sort of gets stale, and you kind of forget, but yeah, and that's, I guess that's also advice to myself, when when I, as soon as I start listening back to this, and uh, <laughs> i was like oh yeah i should do that so yeah um little advice to my future self oh yeah little yeah so what well what's going on what is going on in life in the life of a stand-up comedian <laughs> is that what i am i think i am i mean i guess i'm of of all the things that i am i guess that's one main one uh i am i'm i'm a writer and i'm a video game player and podcaster probably i guess i mean yeah of all the things that i've ever done probably podcasting is the thing i've done the most of and i mean i'm not claiming to have any in fact i'm well let me see I don't want to say I have had no success because I am super grateful for the listeners that like on, on the other podcasts and the simulationists that Ryan and I have, have uh, managed to to get and and uh, it's really cool but there aren't a lot of them so it's hard to call that like a huge success but it is something like at least we we put out something that we're kind of proud of and, and um, uh, consistent and we do every week and, and people are downloading and listening so at least we're I mean I suppose like every single listener is, is valuable and important. So even if we're just talking to one person, um, Hey, that person got, you know, that we made their life a little bit better and, uh, we contributed because, you know, uh, maybe somebody else in the, in the world is doing a a valuable job and we're helping them to accomplish it sort of. So we were another gear in the machine of turning the world around and, and that's what uh, that's what artists do. I think I don't know, art, among other things. I mean, <laughs> I've, should I talk about art? I, um, a little bit maybe talk about art a little bit. Uh, what artists? I I go back and forth on this because I did my, my education was a bachelor of commerce, and I was seeing art like I took some economics courses and stuff. So I always want to see art as an economically valuable thing. And I think I think a lot of people even though that's a definition of art that that doesn't necessarily work for artists like they can't um they can't operate with that definition I think it's still important to recognize that art does have economic value I mean sometimes you can't you can't quantify like what is how what is art worth or what is a podcast worth or what is a um well you can talk, yeah, a painting a performance a theater like a an improv performance or a live performance of stand up comedy or something like that, or just you know a piece of music either live or recorded all these things it's very hard to um to uh, to put a to put that sort of dollar figure on it or say like this is what it accomplishes, but it's not impossible or or at least it's not. It, at least it is possible to align dollar figures like to say well here's a dollar figure that sort of can ride alongside where the art is going and we can actually track like where society like what society does with art and we can say oh somebody paid this much money for it and they they listened to it while they were doing this other work or they um it allowed them to get through the day to another thing so that it made them happy in that way so in that in that way, like even if art didn't have any like sort of intrins that that whole ephemeral what we love about art, even if it didn't have that, um, if it had no like you can't eat art sort of thing, if, if there was nothing about art that was valuable in itself, it still does that thing that allows us. It, it's like grease for the wheels. It allows other activities to progress, um, and it, it serves as motivation for other activities. And it serves as um, a a relief um, if you're, you know, changes your emotions or it allows you to express emotions, stuff like that. I mean, this goes just to to get even more back into my education, back into my first years of university days. Um, I remember we were taught that there was this idea of even the ancient Greeks saw like these performances like the you know the tragic perform the plays that they put on um they saw that as sort of a a way for people to it was like they could release their emotions by seeing them expressed like seeing something really bad happen to a person on like a, a person pretending to do something really have something really bad happen to like their whole family dying or something like that or killing their own mother or committing suicide something like that um that that would allow the audience to sort of vicariously feel that through through them um and and that's probably i think that's probably still kind of how i think about uh, about art in a lot of ways and i was but there's an that's one way of thinking about art as being the like filling in the cracks of life (laughs) do you get what i'm saying like art kind of yeah, it's it's everywhere in life, and it's it's all around us, but it's also, like, it's not the stuff of life, necessarily. But there is another point of view that I sometimes think about art and stuff, and that is that it is, like, it is the only thing. Because, like, all of this life, like, living, breathing, yeah. uh, you know, going to work, like, you everything you do, like, you know, you work... You eat. You go to the store. You buy food. You work some more. You earn money. All of these things have goals that lead to other things, and they they sort of cycle around. But there's nothing in that cycle that's sort of like just an end to itself. Like we only consume food to consume food or whatever. But no, we consume food to for other reasons to uh, to continue to function to you know, etc. etc. Um, but The thing about art um, or art in in this particular model is that uh, it sort of is an end to itself like there's no it doesn't necessarily which is contradicting what I said earlier I know about art contributing to other areas of society but it is is also possible to consume art and have it not contribute anything to any other economic activity it's just sort of an economic dead-end And yet we still, like, we do it. And the reason that is that way is because art is the stuff of life. Art is to, like, and when I say art, I don't just mean paintings. or Obviously, you know, I mean podcasts. I mean stand-up comedy. I mean mean video games. I mean books and everything you find on the internet and all that other stuff. Um, This is what we live for. We live to ultimately to get these experiences like we want like that's the end goal of life is to have as much of this sort of artistic and and unique experiences as we can um and maybe that has something to do with like having a human connection i'd like to talk about that i've I've said that before human connection connecting with people um and so almost like like, a substitute for sort of playing with each other, um, like, like, I guess you do as, as a kid, as you play with other kids, and you, you play games and stuff, and then as, as an adult, there's less play, but there's still, you still want to have that, those areas of your brain triggered, so, yeah, um, but yeah, this, this means that all of the other, like, the Joe Jobs and the the working-class stuff is all, like, subservient to this elevated world of art, which is, you know, what everyone wants, and, and the, those are our favorite people, are the people who make the art that we love so much and the stuff we live for. But I think I think the truth sort of wavers between sort of those two worldviews that I gave with art as sort of infusing everything versus art as the pinnacle of everything or what everything works towards. Um And maybe there's another, Yep. I, I don't, (laughs) I I hope that that sort of tangent was not too boring for you, I don't know, funny, it wasn't that funny either, but it's just sort of my, an insight into, I don't know, what I think. That's what you get to do when you have your own podcast, you just get to, I mean, it's good and bad, I suppose, which is why it'll be nice to have some guests on here to get, to, to bounce those things off of them and, and, and actually have. Yeah, two people contributing there. Um. Did I, yeah, did I mention Dave's podcast, The Style Guy? Check that out. <laughs> uh. Um. What do, yeah, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, what happened this week? What did we do this week? We went to the open mic. We well, I guess we're going back because I have to report on everything that happened in the last week, um, which you wouldn't think would be that hard because. Like, my life is not that full of stand-up comedy and shows and, and, you know, I'm not running around helter-skelter with with like a chicken with my head cut off. But, um, we'll, we'll go back to, we'll go all the way back to Thursday. Last Thursday, I went to, um, I went to the Ratfish Select Show at Ratfish at, uh, the Ramada in Victoria, British Columbia, which I will go ahead and plug. <laughs> I I do recommend. Uh, I guess the last couple of episodes I've been I I kind of went over open mics again and why I think open mics are really cool. Um, oh, but it wasn't technically an open mic. That's that's the weird thing about the Ratfish Select Show. And hmm, I don't. Well, it's too late now. I'm already talking about it. I I don't want to say. I don't want to say it's bad, and it isn't bad. It, 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 sometimes there are worse nights than others. And I guess one of the things we had is we had uh, some performers, like some of our stand-up acts were at a different show, like they went to Laflandia, which is part of Riftlandia, which I did recommend last week, but I didn't go to myself because I didn't have the, the money for a ticket. Um, but that's great. But what and yeah, what happened is sort of the the open mic or not open mic I keep saying open mic the the crowd for the Ratfish Thursday Select show was sort of split, and there' was a couple of people who were who were not there um because they were performing elsewhere um, not that I'm not saying that uh one was better than the other uh, I guess i c- I can't say that because i don't know um. But Ratfish, the select show, it feels a little bit like an open mic. And people, I think, generally, my impression is that most of the people who go on the select show treat it as basically a second open mic. Um, Which, I mean, that makes sense because it's the same uh, space and it's a small audience and all of these things. So people do, do things like they try out new material, like new jokes, which is great, which is... Like that's what you go there for, um, but I always felt like, like maybe it needs another. I, and and this is not really my place to say, but I am going to say because, <laughs> I guess on my podcast anything is my place to say because I can I can make comments, but I'm but I'm probably wrong about this. But um, like what I would do with the Thursday show is try and brand it as more of a show because it's supposed to be a select show, and try and I don't know try and not have. Things like people um, sort of come on uh, the show with uh without a clear idea of what they want to do or um, you know trying out new material uh, you know bringing notebooks on a stage with them i I'm not saying that you should never bring your notebook on stage because i I know that's people that's that's how you work it out and that's what you do um, but it, yeah i've been I've been giving that a bit of thought and and I, I bring my notebook on stage every once in a while, too, so I can't, you know, I can't throw stones. Um, but it occurs to me that that's something that we should, as as a comic, should attempt to do, to minimize. I, yeah, which... Okay. Yeah, am I... Do I sound like I'm criticizing all the... Um, <laughs> so, yes, no notebooks on stage, and, and try and, like you know try and and bring something that looks like a completed um set you know like your' they they call it a tight five i i mean I guess I'm gonna have to start using that sort of terminology like your your tight five your five minutes that's sort of polished and planned and worked out and and so on and so forth um, yeah so uh rather than you know, open mic can be just you know. Just go up there, no plan, just do whatever. Do, do material that you already sort of have in your back pocket, as in your brain. Um, which, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. What I was trying to say was that Thursday felt like an open mic more than more than a booked or curated show, uh, which is it's fine because it's about it's usually the same people who are on in the open mic show, anyways. Like most of them. I mean, not obviously not all of the open micers can be on the um, select show because there is a smaller pool there. And But, uh, yeah, so it's, a, it's a very... Those shows are, are like sister shows, I guess. They're very similar. Um, but... Uh, so that happened on Thursday. Um, and, and the other thing about... And th- this is very hard. Like, I find myself um, getting into this mindset, and I want to try not to, but, um, people get into this mindset of, especially when it's a smaller crowd, of, like, well, what should you do with a smaller crowd? Like, um, people get, it's, it's very tempting to sort of disrespect them, because there's only, like, two or three people, um, and, and usually, I think most people, most, uh, performers will say something like, um, well, at least you guys are here, like, sort of, acknowledge that the people are there are, you know, sort of came out and paid, sometimes they pay $5 for a show or whatever, um, so that, you know, acknowledge those people, um, but sometimes people get a little bit, I don't know, they get weird, they get, I guess, shaken or thrown by the fact that there's not very many people in the audience, so they they kind of make comments about that, um yeah I guess there's not much you can do about that because you feel what you feel, and that, I guess that's another thing about how to do stand up comedy um I mean what one thing you don't want to necessarily do is be dishonest like so on the one hand, you want to be happy to be there and you want to be um you know on for the and and ready to put on a show for the audience that's there, but also like a lot of what you're drawing from is your own personal energy. And if you don't have it, you don't have it. And so, and and one thing that I see, okay, here's here. I'll, I'll, one thing that I see that I like um, in comedy, and that I wish to emulate, is when if you are feeling like you know uh, angry or or depressed or down or something, you're you can you can acknowledge that feeling and you can bring that to the stage and you can make something out of that because that is funny, like that you can be funny and depressed. Um, <laughs> and uh, th- I think there are some people in our in our scene who just do, that's kind of what they do is they, they have a sort of a depressed, um, and I'm not just thinking of one person, although people say this about Shane, but... Um, i don't think it's always the case but i think he has he has a way of delivery that's that feels a little bit depressed and and he has a lot of subject matter that's like oh i just got dumped or something like that um a lot of material that's about yeah about sad things um and depressing things uh any yeah but i don't think that's the thing like i don't think his comedy is only that because i think he does a lot of other um stuff and he's he's very funny of course um but uh what was I saying? Um yeah, there are comedians who, like in our in our scene in, in Victoria who use sort of that idea of depression and like being down and that can that they make it very funny. Like they're they're very funny about this. And Shane comes to mind but I think there are a couple of others. Um anyways, um I, that was that was all I wanted to make about that point. And yeah, if if you if you feel mad at the audience for being small or for being unresponsive or something like that um and this is something i've seen Sean Proudlove do is like he kind of he he yells at them which it doesn't sound good when you when i say it like this way but he sort of like gets yells at them and gets mad at them is like and blaming them for not laughing but the way he does it i think there's irony in what he's doing he, he's saying um you know he's blaming them, but at the same time it's he knows that it he knows the rules of comedy is that it's it's really up to the performer. Like there's some people say there's no such thing as bad crowd or it's not quite that, but it is I don't know it's complicated. That's why you need irony, <laughs> because there is this complicated layered mess of things going on at, when you're on stage and you have to address every single one of them, but. So if you say something ironically, you can mean multiple different things about it. Like if you if you're blaming the audience, you can mean, "Oh, well, I'm playing this character who gets mad at the audience for not laughing and and stuff like that." But at the same time, there might there might actually be some truth to that. And maybe this maybe that'll kick them in the butt a little bit to, you know, get them either paying more attention or laughing or whatever. Okay. So that that happens. <laughs> So that's what that's what you want to do if you have like a bad mood on a bad mood as a performer is like you want to sort of lay that out on the table and, and and make something funny out of that or funny or you know in the case of stand up comedy yeah obviously it's funny is where you're going but in if it were something like improv or like a one man theater show or or actually like an acting job or something like that. Um, then in that case, you want to bring that to whatever else you want to, you know, make people sad or you know, be that sort of theatrical, interesting person that people want to watch for some reason and pay money for tickets to come to and recommend that their friends go. Oh, this guy, he's really funny. He got so mad and so like, he was crying, but it was somehow like really like, I don't know. It's really connected with me. <laughs> connected. I. Uh, I need to find a better way to to say that because I know I've been saying that a lot, um, and not just on this podcast now. But um, yeah, human connection, gotta have it. You need it. That's what I'm doing with this podcast. I'm connecting to all of you, to all of you, each one of you individually. Yes, you, sitting there in your boxer shorts, eating Cheetos, <laughs> just imagining what you're doing, what you're up to right now. Um, Man, if if I had more listeners, then the more listeners I get, the more likely that at some point, like, a prediction like that would actually be true, right? Because, you know, if I had a thousand people, then maybe one of those people would be in boxer shorts eating Cheetos. Although, the thing about being in boxer shorts and Cheetos is Cheetos are delicious and very popular, and boxer shorts are a very popular... Um, article of clothing, uh, both for men and for women, although probably more for men, but, um, women wear them too, like, yeah, or, or like, over other underwear, or whatever, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> but that's enough about that. What did I want to talk about, though? Um, I wanted to talk a little, a little bit about bitterness and resentment in stand-up comedy in the world of, I guess, and this applies to sort of show business in general. Um, and uh, I'm a little bit reluctant to talk about this, but we'll we'll plow through it. And we'll see what happens. Um, bitterness and resentment. I get I I get moments like. I, I want to be doing more in stand-up comedy, and uh, that's, that's not a surprise, and I realize that, um, th- I don't necessarily, like, I haven't earned that, right, like, I haven't, I don't deserve that, I mean, I feel like, um, I feel like somebody should give me, like, you know, chances to uh, do stuff like be on shows and, and, just, you know, come up to me and ask me, oh, Josh, you're so funny, you like, you please be on our blah, blah, blah show, um, please be on this show or that show or please do this for us and like, you know, I, I I think that's how it's, that's what I want to happen, right? But obviously, yeah, that's not real life, that's not realistic and sort of like sometimes when it's like I, I feel like I'm doing a, I'm doing as best I can at, um, you know, being funny on when I do get to do shows and stuff, Um, you, I mean, it's open mics, <laughs> Um, but I get a little bit of, like, bitterness and resentment that sort of, like, I don't know, I see other people doing things that I want to be doing, basically. And I get, I mean, I'm simultaneously all of these, like, I'm happy for them because I like them, and I like what they do, and I think they're funny. Um, but I'm also jealous of them, and I am a little bit bitter, and I do resent them a little bit. So, I get all those things in a row. Um, and, uh, and I, I... like that feeling it comes and goes like and there there are like i was saying about that feeling of wanting to quit stand-up comedy there is moments where it's very strong and it's like i think i really feel this strongly but it goes away like that's that's the weird thing it goes away um however sometimes it might be there at a moment when you need to like if you were going up on stage or if i was you know about to go up on and do like a show or something i might like have that wave of bitterness and resentment or like get mad at somebody or or have that like bit of acid in me and then i want to go and i like i think it gets in the way of performing a little but however i think maybe not because you see uh like i was saying i guess i'm tying this back to what i was saying about bringing your emotions to the stage with you is that being like angry and bitter can be super funny like if if you tap into it the right way i mean and i guess that's a mystery to me like i haven't figured out how uh because i have seen people on stage that sort of get a little bit they get angry or they they look like they're trying to show anger but like it doesn't hit and it and they look really ridiculous um and i've like people in real life i've like I don't know if you've ever seen people throw a tantrum at, you know, in a lineup or, at, you know, at a restaurant or uh, at a, a government office getting your driver's license or your passport or whatever. And they're just, you know, they're waiting too long or whatever. And the person just, like, they get mad. And they they don't get mad in, like, a funny way. Like, they just kind of, like, sputter and they look like they're just, they just, they look like they're suffering. And <laughs> they look like it's just they're having an awful time which i'm sure they are and they're trying to express it and they're and and that in itself is a source of frustration because you get mad but you're not able to properly express your anger um and then yes and then so sometimes i see people on stage doing it like that sort of thing like they're trying to be angry but they're they're coming off as just kind of like yeah Ugh. but yeah like i'm saying there are people on who bring anger on stage and are super funny about it and i guess like you know you have your famous examples like um uh, like lewis black um or i want to say chris farley but chris farley like what he does about anger i'm not sure if we're ever supposed to actually believe he's angry because he does it so like over the top or did it um no longer with us, uh, but he did it so kind of over the top, like that. I don't think the viewers for a second believe that he's angry, but they believe something about that. Like something about that performance is like he's he's all in, right? Um, where I, I think Lewis Black, you believe is genuinely angry, like that looks like real anger. Um, but at the same time, like he does it, it's really funny. Um, that's Lewis Black, and. Chris Farley is yeah another guy who gets angry, but it's you're it's clear through that whole thing that you're supposed to be mad at him, or you're supposed to, not supposed to be mad. You're supposed to be laughing at him being mad. Sorry, misspoke a little bit. Um. Uh, but yeah, it okay. So this should segue into what I wanted to talk about a little bit is about this whole idea of criteria. And basically, like, once you... Like, this is a hard job. Like, comedy is... (laughs) How can we get through this? Let's talk about... Comedy is this thing Mm. where there are people who get to decide who, which other people get to be, like, on a show or given an opportunity or, like, get to be an actor in a part or something like that. And it isn't necessarily the case that the the choosers... um, like who chooses the choosers? <laughs> Do you ever think about that? Like it isn't necessarily the case that the choosers are the most qualified. Like they sort of get, and I think there's even less criteria applied to choosers than there are to choosees, like people who are chosen, like you know, sort of the talent, the the featured performers, versus the people like the bookers and stuff like that. And it it'll vary from production to production. Some are very good, obviously. And usually that will lead to success of the the show in question, um, if the if the choosers are really you know have a, have good taste and politically savvy because some of them some of the choices can be well, a little bit political I don't know depending on the show I guess um, uh, but well everywhere in real life ha- everywhere in life has politics involved and it helps to be a little bit good at politics um but yeah the thing the thing about it like i <laughs> i just realized oh i have a podcast and i'm getting very excited about like you know booking guests um but of course the thing is i'm not planning on booking like a whole ton of guests um and uh it occurred to me that like even like my like how do i put this as a podcaster, like, I have no, um, I don't really have standing, right? Like, I don't, like, this is not a prestigious thing to be, oh, I I got asked on somebody's podcast. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, however, for some reason, just the act of me saying, oh, I guess I'm a podcaster now, and just putting it out there and, and just, you know, sort of having a few episodes up there and for people to see. Um, just the fact, like, I, I get the, I don't want to, Blow my own horn here or anything. I don't know how, how to put that, um, but when I I realize that as I start asking, like tapping different people to be on the podcast, I realize that I there might be some people who I might not ask, and they might actually feel that bitterness or resentment. So here's the thing uh, that you have that uh, like I guess for all stand up comics to to learn and to absorb as a lesson is that it really helps to do whatever you do like maybe do some kind of your own show or your own thing where you are doing a little bit of that picking like uh, some it might be running a microphone it might be um running your own show or it might be a podcast like this, where you get, where you start selecting guests or something like that. Basically, anywhere where you sort of select other people, you get a little taste of what it feels like to be on this side, and to realize that sometimes that you, when you're picking people, like sometimes you might miss somebody and they might feel bad about not being picked or something like that. Um, which is why, it, like a little while ago in another podcast episode, I said uh, that I think that Victoria needs a lot more podcasts. I think we need. Um, I think we need, like, one in three of our performers should also be doing some kind of podcast. I stand by that. I mean, uh, obviously, sometimes it's podcasts fail. Um, oh, yeah, speaking of podcasts, did I mention Cynical Walrus is coming back online? Yay! <laughs> That's Elliot's podcast. Uh, he's he's going to have some... I, I You know, I think there might already be... I'll have to check. I don't, I don't know at the moment, but I'll have to check if there's more, if he's done some more episodes and, and uploaded them. Um... Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think it really—it's a really good thing to to always get a taste of what it's like to be a picker. <laughs> I have to be careful that with that word because that's <laughs> some that's um that's Rebecca's material there that she does about, but that's that has a different that's a different context. She's talking about um. Uh, picker, as in like, I think it's her own word that she came up because I never heard anyone else say it. But she's talking about picking, um, like a mate, her partner, like a man, or in her case, um. But uh, but yeah, if you're if you're a chooser of talent, then um, yeah, you get to see things from both sides, and it, it makes you, like, when you're uh, when people don't pick you for other things, uh, that gives you that little bit of like oh okay i guess you know that's i know what that job is like to have to to have to choose and like get you know sort of worried about people getting mad at you for not being picked or whatever stuff like that um and do to, to have this power of curation over other people so yeah um oh but yeah i wanted to all of that was to say um just My criteria for choosing guests for like the upcoming, whenever I'm having guests, like we'll go over this real quick, is, um, hmm, what do we want? I want weird guests. I'm not looking for the funniest people, although, um, usually, like, like I'm, the people that I've got so far have been people that I think are quite funny and worth having on the podcast, but I don't know if they are like the, top you know the the funniest or the most deserving they're just people that like when i like with this podcast i just sort of invite people who i sort of encounter and i kind of like befriend or or i get interested by them um they're not not necessarily the you know the um the best of the best although although like i'm lucky to get dave because I, th- I really think highly of him as far as the stuff he does um and Sam for that matter. Oh, yeah, um, and all the further people that I have in mind that I'm <laughs> going to ask on the podcast. Um, but it, it is just about people that I like. It's not about that the fact that they're funny or that, that there's like people that I really think funny. But it's more about just that they're people that I like and I just want to have a conversation with them. Um, and it's and some somewhat random, like just who I pick. And I think I want to have people on the show that like that maybe, like, you wouldn't think to, but, like, maybe you wouldn't think, oh, that's not, like, why would he have that person on the show? And then you have, you, watch listen to the show, and you'll see, oh, okay, well, you know, that actually turned out to be quite good. And the other thing about, like, human beings is, uh, I think most people are pretty interesting, like, so, anyways. So that's, yeah, that's kind of... I have very few actual, like, formal criteria for the guests that I'm, I'm going to have on on the show. So, uh, did that need to be in the podcast? I don't know. Um, oh, here's a question, though. Another, like, a question that I was, I don't know, mulling over. I don't know where it, if it came up anywhere. But if if, if I wasn't doing stand-up comedy, would I still be doing a podcast about whatever else I was doing? I think the I think, obviously, I would be. So... Um, I think podcasting is, is something I do, <laughs> whether or not I do stand-up comedy. Like, this would be, if if I'd never found, you know, found out about Ratfish, or, or that there was a possibility of doing stand-up in Victoria, I would probably be doing this about, well, I already do a gaming podcast, but I would probably, this one, like, I would do a, another one about, who knows, politics, atheism, I might do that, I might yet still... Since I have t- <laughs> since I have time, I might pile on another podcast if I can find... I think an atheist podcast, I would probably grab like another... Like a, a co-host, or maybe even a couple. Or maybe even take a back seat and stuff. Uh, similar to the, the Alehouse podcast, in which I don't talk a lot. But <laughs> Alehouse podcast. Check us out. The Alehouse dot... Uh, iTunes... Fi- <laughs> iTunes... Type in alehouse, you'll find the Alehouse podcast, which I am on a little bit sometimes. And my good friend, um, my good friend Troy, my good friend Georgina, and my good uncle Gordon are on that show. Um, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking like if yeah, I would be doing a podcast either way. Um, I already talked about bitterness and resentment. Okay. Uh, Here's another thing. Classes have just recently... they come up every once in a while, but it is September, and that's sort of a time when, I don't know, uh, things like classes for stand-up and improv sort of get renewed, and people... because university students are tending to go back to class around this time anyways, and high school students, and recent high school grads who might be thinking, well, what should I do with my life? Oh, here's this other class I could take. It's not quite university. So, yeah, so, like, you could take a stand-up class or an improv class. It's not quite university, but it is something that you can sort of get into a little bit, like, after you've graduated. Um, but, uh, so, so the question is, are those, are those valuable? Like, uh, should you take, if you happen to be, like, someone who's, so, sort of thinks about stand up comedy and doing it um do you want to do you want to improve a little bit uh would an imp- would a class uh help you improve now i i would i think my answer <laughs> uh i would lean towards the positive i would say it probably will uh there's a chance i think there's a risk there's a chance that you might not learn anything <laughs> or that you might not actually get anything directly out of it but you're always going to get contacts, you're always going to meet your classmates and they're, you know, it might be years down the line, but you might find out that one or two of them are doing something awesome in comedy and that they remember you and that you had some funny thing or that you were funny back then they might bring you along or, you know, something like that. So there's stuff like that, like little contacts, making friends and stuff. Um, And then of of course there is learning. And there's this the chance to practice um, your craft, like in stand-up comedy, for example, um, there's things like they, it's it's a little bit of accountability. Like it helps you, like it gives you a deadline to write, you know, like five minute, of, you know, your tight five, the tight, the tight five. <laughs> uh, it gives you a deadline to write your five minutes of jokes and like really hone it together. It gives you feedback that you might not otherwise get. But here's the other, here's the the counterpoint to that though, is that you probably can get a fair amount of feedback um for free just by being at open mics and by um pestering <laughs> i don't want to say pestering because uh, it's it's not necessarily pestering but just you know talking to the other comics there who have a little bit more experience um and getting getting their take um and some like you got to be willing to, to ask um I saw somebody ask another comic, and and this as a comic you have to get thick skin because I asked like a younger I saw a younger comic ask an older or more experienced comic I should say I don't know if I think they might have been the same age, um, but basically the one asks the other for like you know help advice on their set and the other one's like uh, no I'm not going to help you like it's just and they can be a little bit rude about that sometimes. And sometimes the, the more experienced comic will even like say something like, like "How dare you ask me?" Or, or "Don't don't ask." Like don't do that. They'll they'll give that advice. Like like don't ask for help. well, or something like that. But I I think it's important for the for newer comics, younger comics, to be a little bit persistent and a little bit annoying. Like I mean, I don't want you to alienate everybody in the scene and, like, bug everybody like crazy. But I think most people tend to err on the side of being... And myself, I would say, include in this group, tend to err on the side of being um, shy and, like, and not wanting to bother people. And I think we could stand to err on the other side a little bit more and be a little bit more annoying and, like, push for a little bit more. And, like, really ask. And and that's that's the thing, because all you're doing is asking, and if you bother them for, like, 15 seconds... And they say no in a rude way, like they might say, "Well, never ask me again." But I mean, you only wasted ten seconds of their time asking. So, um, but yeah, that's that's the thing that you can get you can get from a class. You can get feedback, and it's absolutely expected that people like both the the instructor, the teacher, and the um, you know your fellow classmates and stuff. You're you're going to be getting feedback from from all of those. From, and and sometimes classes I don't know depending on the class but they will bring in um, like another uh, experienced comedian for maybe a special talk or a special questions and answers session like like one lecture or whatever you want to call it I don't know if the lecture the right word seminar or something like that um, so you can also get feedback from another, like they might have another person they bring in to give you feedback. So that's a class can actually can sort of guarantee you that level of personal attention that you have to, in a, an open mic setting or like, you know, actual stand-up comedy scene setting, it might be a little bit, I don't know, a little bit daunting or like if you're a shy person, you might not immediately want to bug every single, like, experienced comic <laughs> there. Um, so... But in the end, actually, that's probably the better lesson to learn would probably be the one of, like, a little bit of uh, getting out there, out of your skin. No, out of your skin? Getting comfortable in your skin? Mm -hmm. Putting yourself out there in front of other people for them to say, no, I'm not going to help you or give you feedback. Because I I gave the example of the person who says, no, hell no, I'm not going to help you. Um, But I think most people are nicer than that. Although comics can include, a, a subset of comics can be that you're sort of brutally honest because they think that's the way to, I don't know, that helps you do better comedy, I guess, to be brutally honest and stuff. Which I think probably, yeah, in their case it probably does. Um, I'd say, and, and like I'd always advocate honesty, of course. Um, but uh, I don't know about the brutality. I think you can be honest and not necessarily brutal. But... I am a nice guy. I'll <laughs> Speaking of being nice, I think I think that might be like I'm I'm starting to to be able to, to look back at myself on stage a little bit and see like what sort of person I am, um, and I think I'm probably a very a very nice guy, almost to the point of being annoyingly nice, which you know I want to be. I, I, I guess that's like. If I'm going to be annoyingly nice, what I can do, you know, on stage or, you know, as part of my persona, is I can just acknowledge that. I can say, yeah, I know it's stupid how nice I am, I, or, or whatever. Um, and I don't know if nice is the right word, but <laughs> I think at some point in one of the last couple of podcasts, and uh, uh, Sam Lee posted a link to the, the subreddit, that is just like nice guys or something, like, and it's, like, this really gross, like, they think they're super nice, but it's more about just being sort of, like, unoffensive and, and milk toast and wimpy and, like, and just kind of, um, yeah, not really nothing to them, not substantial, not substantive, one of those words, yeah. Um, so that's a about, bit about being nice. But yes, uh, so back to about taking classes. Um, now stand-up class, I have not taken a stand-up class actually, but what I have taken is the improv classes, um, with Dave Morris, who's going to be on the show. <laughs> and, um, I can tell you that improv classes were amazing for me, and uh, I think... It's hard to say, but I think that improv class is really like, I wouldn't have been able to do stand-up comedy without improv class. Um, And perhaps that was just the fact of getting me up and on stage and getting me into the idea of performing and sort of giving me the bug of just wanting to be on stage. Um, And part of it is just the fact that um, sometimes, like, I didn't really know how to do stand-up, like, create... A stand-up routine, and I, I still, you know, I'm still fumbling my way through it, um, of creating material that can be, you know, seen as a, as an act. Um, but what improv did for me is, it's like, um, it gave me this feeling of, no, you can just, you can be on stage, you know what, you know what you want to do, you want to entertain people, and you know that it is possible to be up there and um even if you didn't necessarily have an act you still know how to connect with people there's that word again connect you still know how to um how to to be in front of an audience and know that they're looking at you and know that you're attempting to do something that keeps their interest and ultimately that trying to make them laugh so so that feeling of yeah i and i don't know if i would have had that with us um it might have come anyways just you know with time like just spending more time on stage as a stand up comedian might have come in anyways um but i think that it just doing an improv class really helped with that and it helped me because also i see like i get to interact with other creative people like all the other improvisers um uh, and of uh, various levels, too. That's, that's always nice, is that there are, you know, there are utter noobs, there are complete noobs. And then there are people who are a little bit more experienced. And some of, I've even worked with some of the people who are now, oh, speaking of improv, yeah, Friday, this Friday. So hopefully, by the time you hear this episode, it might not be too late. But you should hopefully, if you're in Victoria, you should already know about this. But the, the Vikes Improv is doing their first show at UVic. Um, look up Vikes Improv on Facebook and uh, I don't know if they have another website other than that but Facebook is the way to find them I think and uh, and yeah it's going to be really awesome I'm going to go see that show and I believe I've worked with some of these people or at least I've I've worked simultaneously to them. Like, I think I was in a class before them, and we we watched each other's shows, things like that. So sort of we're in the same circles. I don't know if I've actually shared necessarily the stage with all of them or any one of them particularly. Definitely Daniel Belkin I've sh- shared a stage with. Um, but, yeah, I don't know about the others. And not – that wasn't an improv context, but it's – I mean, good enough. It's, it's stand-up, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what was I going to say else about improv, though? Um, yeah, improv classes were super valuable to me, and I'm thinking of like I might even I think I might go back for another. I'll I'll talk to Dave about it actually. I'll, I might go back for some other kind of improv training, but I'm not sure what he has on offer at the moment because I haven't looked it up. But we can when he comes on, we can plug all of, of that stuff. Um, oh, speaking of plugs, yeah, we're almost to the end of. We've almost gone for a whole hour, so... Um, I wanted to mention, uh... Last... Okay, so last Friday and Saturday... Yeah, I was, I was going through my week. I only got as far as ratfish and then got bogged down in talking about other stuff. Uh, but as for last week, last Friday and Saturday were uh, very... Um, very funny uh, nights at Heckler's because we had... Um, who do we have? Ben McGinnis and Kathleen McGee. Uh, both super funny, super fantastic nights at Hacklers. They always have good comedies at Hacklers, but these were very good. Um, and Sam Lee did a guest spot on uh, Saturday, on Saturday night. So, yeah, and, and we got to, yeah, I got to hang out with them a little bit. Um, and also with Kathleen and Ben and some other people, um, which was very good. And so, but yeah, I was going to say. Uh, coming up this weekend at Hackler's, I'm just going to look it up. Daryl Lennox. Daryl Lennox on Thursday. Oh, that's the hour. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's, I was supposed to turn that off. Um, it, it just chimes every hour. Um, I was going to turn it off, but you know, it's too late now. Maybe I can edit out, but then I would have to edit out all this. I, yeah, I could edit. So, but, so, so this... Coming up, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, is uh, Daryl Lennox at Heckler's, um, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, yeah, and Ed Hill also, and this Sunday, this upcoming Sunday at the Victoria Event Center, we have Ivan Decker, which, uh, wow, I wish I could be there, I don't think I, I will be, but it'll be good, um, if you can make it out to the Victoria Event Center this Sunday, September the 27th, should be very good. Um, and, um, yeah, I think, I, well, I just wanted to say what else happened. Um, so Monday happened, like Monday night at Ratfish happened, um, and it was super fun. Oh, uh, Monday, speaking of Monday, like this past Monday, um, we had, who do we have? We had Jim Schmidt hosting hosted the the open mic um on monday uh and it was like it was a really good show it it went really well and i really liked him as a host i I don't think he's i think that was his first time hosting i'm not sure um pretty sure it was i'm not sure am i sure (laughs) it was his i believe it was his first time hosting and um and and jim does this like he has um he has like an energy to him and he knows it like he knows he's he's a high strung kind of guy um but yeah he like and this is what i i've i've been saying about um about open mics and i guess the same thing goes for some select shows or booked shows um depending on like depending on the exact comedians uh, who are involved but i often think of it as the host's show like it is their sort of is up to them to to manage that sort of the energy and to keep people like keep people involved and uh keep the audience engaged i guess and stuff like that because um especially especially with an open mic because you don't know what you're gonna get because it it really is literally anybody's allowed to go up and you're allowed to just suck balls the whole time and just just really like no laughs or or even like no nothing entertaining nothing at all um and so so that that can be a problem if you don't have a good host because the host goes up in between and and is like sort of frames it and contextualizes it and says like basically turns that into a story like even a bad performance becomes a story i think i i already talked about this on the last podcast but i, I really see the open mic as its own sort of art form and there's a you can do it well and you can do it badly because um yeah it's a little bit different from a book show because uh because of that you, you but that brings its own uh, level of drama, and there's a story, but somebody does have to be in there and and helping the audience to see the right story or to see the right narrative that's actually happening rather than the the audience just thinking, oh, it's just you know a bunch of crap it's just I'm not really into this um and I think Jim did a really good job on on Monday, but also you know the other thing that happened on Monday was a lot of we had a very good uh group of like open micers. We had like um what's his name? Uh Brian Reed, uh who's I think this is like his third or fourth time on stage at all, like ever. But uh he he was quite good, like he and and um he got out of the set of the night. Uh, and we had yeah, we had a, a good mix of like people who actually did quite well and we had a good crowd on Monday too, so um it all seemed to seem to work quite nicely um and i was happy with my set i was happy with how people laughed at my my little three-minute set so it was good and um and yeah i i mean every monday is like just you know a little bit of awesomeness in our little town of victoria british columbia and then this coming thursday of course we have another um what do you call it another uh select show and I guess I can't talk about Sam Lee enough Because he's going to be back He's going to be hosting on Thursday He's going to be hosting the Ratfish Select show So that's going to be pretty good too Um, That's going to be very good I'm looking forward to it a lot I'm going to be there Am I? Let me just check my brain (laughs) Yes I am going to be there I'm going to be Basically I'm going to be an audience member on Thursday So if you want to come out Like if you're in Victoria, British, Columbia Please do Please do make it out and uh, sign up for if you're not on the show, sign up for the lottery, and maybe you will get on the show that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna sign up for a lottery spot. I've been pretty lucky with lottery spots, but then also like the thing about lottery spots is there's not that many people signing up for them. I mean, um they draw one to three names seems like it's been getting less and less lately, but anyways, uh, one to three names. Uh, and usually there's probably six or seven at the most names so you almost if if they have if there are six names in there and they draw three you basically have a 50 percent chance so every other week you're statistically av- on average every other week you'll get up so that I think I've been actually almost at that level so and and that's probably about right for the for the math of it i't I'm not gonna actually do the math but it's probably about i'd probably get about half the thursdays which is yeah i'm I'm happy with that because it's more more opportunities and i those are sorely needed um if you want to you know achieve things as a stand-up comedian in victoria british columbia um because it is a small town a small city it is a city but it's it's small it's a scene it is growing and we're getting more and more opportunities all the time opportunities they they come and they go like rooms open and then sometimes they close so there's you know that but there's always something else to look forward to so it's pretty cool in victoria and there's podcasts to go on and you know hopefully other people are going to start out podcasts in victoria i think that would be awesome if they did um i think that would be really cool but uh, yeah in the meantime we have we have our few that, that keep on going keep on moving gotta keep on keep it on and i really i guess i should wrap up (laughs) what else can i say um i think i feel like this podcast was a lot of philosophizing a lot of sort of journaling (laughs) and um i i don't know how much funny there was in there but hopefully there was something in there that was valuable to you um and you know in the coming week next sometime next week you'll see an episode uploaded with with me and a guest um it should be Dave Morris uh and that'll be fantastic and then you know in the future we'll have Sam Lee and we'll have some other guests too some fantastic guests and uh it'll be good it's gonna be fantastic in the meantime yeah check out Cynical Walrus that's Elliot's podcast for other Victoria people on it and um yeah nothing else uh take it easy i will see you in real life and um and you'll hear from me again in seven days Hmm. i don't know if i should ryan likes to say i'll see you and we'll we'll talk to you again in seven days ryan likes to say in seven days so maybe i shouldn't say that but it is it's i'm tempted like in that podcast i'm always tempted to like steal that from him in seven days and at the end of that podcast, what I always say because we never did paid ads, I always say send money. Like at the end of this, just as a sign off, like send money, like you know that that whole that whole thing. Um, so maybe I should do that for this one too. Yeah, why not send money <laughs> or not? Um, okay, we're going. We're going. Bye bye for now. Theme song.